Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church. I am Stephanie Schaefer, and this week is a first in the history of The Debrief. Uh, Pastor Matt is actually out on his uh, vacation right now, taking a little Sabbath rest, but he has asked Pastor Fredo, who teached the message this weekend, to come join us on the show today. So I'll be getting to ask him some questions about his message, ask him some questions I have about how the heck to rest when you have tiny children. Uh, we're going to get into <laughs> all that, but Fredo, I'd just love for folks to get to know you a little yeah. bit. I was kind of around when you first came on at Sandals, and I love the story of how you ended up here. So you can kind of share how you got to know Pastor Matt, how you ended up here at Sandals. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2015, um, I was teaching at a local private high school and Pastor Matt's daughter happened to be uh, a student of mine for two years in, uh, in Bible class. So, um, we is that developed... really intimidating to teach Matt Brown's child in Bible class? Did you yeah, know? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and I knew, I knew who she was. Um, and then at one point she had said, Hey, my dad would like to meet you. And I'm like, Oh man, what did I say in class? <laughs> That's going to get me in trouble. My view of creation or something came up, but, uh, no, it, it turned out to be really, really good. Um, he just wanted to get to know me more and had, I guess, seen a change in Madison coming out of Bible class. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> it was enough for him to get some interest. And so we started connecting over that and then talked about what it could look like for me to join Sandals Church and uh, help out with young adults at the time. So that's awesome. And that's when I met you too. I know. I remember that. We Back got to 2015. Yeah. We had just started young adult stuff and mm-hmm. Matt said, Hey, meet this guy. And I think Griffin, who now leads our young adult ministry were, and I were both like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. He's one of us. <laughs> You're a UCR alum also. Yeah. So shout out to any Highlanders listening UCR. right now. UCR. Super exciting. The real university in town. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave that there. Slight dig. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> that's what happens in Matt leaves, we get to shout out our college instead. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. And so now you are the campus pastor of Sandals Church Palm Avenue. Yeah. How did that whole process of moving from, you know, you started out doing young adult stuff, moved into campus pastor. What what was that like for you? Yeah. So I, uh, I was doing young adult stuff for a while, part-time. And then as Sandals Church continued to grow and more churches kind of joined the conversation of what it would look like to merge, uh, I guess my name was thrown in the hat to be a part of, of Palm. And uh, that was a long process. That was probably like over a year and just in terms of dialogue and talking and praying what that could look like. And then uh, once the vote happened, they they, they shipped me on out. And uh, it's been great. It's been great ever since. I love Riverside. I was originally part of a church plant that was outside of Riverside in Los Angeles. And I really thought I would be out there permanently. And I think God opened my eyes up to see that I, I idolized having a church plant in LA more than I actually loved people in hmm. LA. Uh, and over the course of really God bringing me back to Sandals uh, helped me to see my own love for my city. And so for him to be able to give Palm Avenue in that particular way oh, was really yeah. cool. It's like it, heart of Riverside. Yeah, right exactly. It put me right back in the heart of my own home. And uh, yeah, so I've just kind of had a, a fresh perspective on my neighbors and our community. Mm-hmm. And so it's been great to be at Palm Avenue. Well, that's awesome. We're glad to have you there. Um, so you taught on rest this yep. weekend. So what does that kind of look like for you over the years? What were your thoughts when Pastor Matt approached you and said, hey, I want you to teach this message? What's your relationship with rest like? Yeah. So um, I've been able to help him as I think you mentioned this because I was on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. So we've been talking through uh, 10 Reasons Why Everyone Needs God and working through the Ten Commandments. And I think two Fridays ago, I'm at the barbershop getting my hair cut with my son, Eli. Mm-hmm. Eli's in the chair and Matt texts me and says, hey, uh, I need to take a Sabbath. And so you're going you're gonna to teach on it at, <laughs> at Hunter Park. You good? And I was like, whoa, okay, yeah, cool. Can you, can you say no to that? <laughs> yeah. So uh, to his credit, that was a good eight, nine days in advance. Mm-hmm. So it was good. Um, and then, yeah, then it just automatically turned into preparation. So we met a few days after that, I think on Monday morning and brainstormed a lot. So thank you, Pastor Matt. You were a huge help along with uh, Pastor Adam Atchison mm-hmm. 
Derek Emai was a huge help as well. And also Matt Ritchie contributed. Oh, so nice. yeah, shout out to all you guys. Thank you so much for your, your thoughts and feedback as I uh, put this message together. So, um, but yeah, so we, we sat down talked about what rest is, um, what it isn't, and then specifically how we bring that to our people here at this church. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I love your point. As you opened up your message, you talked about how, you know, a lot of the commandments are still socially, it's understood. You don't break these. You, mm-hmm. You're not supposed to steal. You're not supposed to kill people. You, know, you, should, you should honor your parents. But you talked about, you know, Sabbath and rest is the one that we're all kind of all okay with breaking. And even we tend to brag about it. I love that point in your message. So what have you found yourself doing that over the years or what has rest and your relationship with the Sabbath been like over the years? Yeah. Yeah. I think, especially if you're in um, ministry or church ministry specifically, there's, there's, this kind of like, uh, man, I don't know how to describe it, but you feel good when people recognize the fact that you're very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and even Eugene Peterson, he has a book on uh, being a pastor and he talks about busyness as a real danger for for pastors and coming off as too busy and you're really just serving yourself in that process. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think recognizing that as a, as the problem to begin with is, is really, is really, really crucial. But for me, when I became uh, full-time here at Sandals, when I realized I, I needed to figure out what rest looked like mm-hmm. for me and my family, um, because Ashley, my wife was really good at helping me see like, man, you're allowing everything you do to kind of invade just our, our space and our, our private space. And so this journey of like trying to practice the Sabbath uh, has been like maybe three three years of actually being intentional about a time where we stop what we're doing and we do some different things and stuff like that. So, but it's still very much early. Like we're learning a ton still about, yeah. about what that looks like and how we can get better at it. But Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we've got some more practical questions we're going to get into a second here that folks have sent in on rest and on relationships with work and everything. But I'd love for you to kind of get into the background some on just kind of how God designed rest to be. What is our relationship with work supposed to look like even from the beginning and kind of how has that changed or yeah, what's yeah. the background so on that? Genesis 2, which is actually the original text I was going to teach from, but Genesis 2 verses 1 through 3 talk about God experiencing his rest. Um, which tells us, because the fall doesn't happen until Genesis 3, um, that work and rest are designed within creation. So when God created the world and He made everything, He designed rest to be a natural part of the, the rhythms that the world itself experiences and then that we also experience within the world. And so that I think that's very compelling because God has a very high view of work and He also has a high view of rest. And so in Exodus 20, when He restates how he experienced rest and tells Israel to rest. Um, I, I find it very telling because Israel up until that point had only known things that Egypt would have told them, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Old Testament are all written to a people group after they've been exiled. Hmm. So even like the Genesis story in Genesis 1 about creation comes to a people after they would have already been indoctrinated by Egyptian thought about creation. Hmm. So Moses has to go back and say, no, 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 this is how it all started. This is the God who made it. It's one God. He made all of it. It's good. It's wonderful. And we're to enjoy it. Um, and so you you have to kind of retell the story of who you actually are and who, mm-hmm. who, who God actually is. And, and Sabbath plays a, a key role in that. And so, um, yeah, if you just think about it, th- this people group would have had to completely rediscover who they are as a, as a, as a people and as an individual um, because they've been told for 400 years who they are. And now God, in, in giving them these commands, is saying, no, this is what life actually looks like. This is who you actually are apart from what you do. And, and this is why rest is, is so fundamental to de- understanding, 
you know, understanding your value as, as a person. So, hmm. um, yeah. That's yeah. Cause I've even been thinking about that. I think we, even when we think about heaven and what that's supposed to look like, and even, you know, the new earth once, once God comes to make everything right, that work will still exist there. Like, mm-hmm. where do you think that sort of has gotten shifted over the years? Like, I think a lot of, I didn't realize for a long time, like, oh, well, we're still going to work yeah. even after, like, even after all of this. So, yeah. oh man, that's a great question. <laughs> I think so. If you if we were just to kind of observe American evangelicalism, there's been a lot of talk about Jesus saves you from your sins, and you get your ticket to heaven, and that's essentially it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't talked about Jesus saving you from your sins and then uh, redeeming not just you for heaven, but redeeming you now, mm-hmm. right now. And this idea that what you do right now is important, like work. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, even understanding that um, heaven is not so much a place like where we go up to meet God, but God actually comes down to meet us in Revelation 20 is what we see happening. And so work is still something that we'll be doing. I think pastors will be out of a job. So I'm going to need, <laughs> I'm going to need someone like, I'm, hopefully someone yeah, will hopefully hire me to do something. Kind of plan yeah. B going yeah, on for exactly. later. <laughs> so uh, we'll just do the podcast or something. <laughs> we'll just talk about it all the time. Yeah. About- but yeah, work is certainly going to be something that we continue to do. Um, again, as a joyful expression of, of new life, you know, mm. apart from, uh, apart from sin and death. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But. How do you think, you know, maybe work has specifically gotten kind of tainted since the fall? Like, what do you think the fall has really done to work? Like, why do we, why do we hate it? So, well, uh, maybe you love your job. You yeah, love going yeah. to work every day. <laughs> I love what I do, but I would, I like not working more. So. Yeah. So I think it's the, the fall has turned our, and I think Andy Crouch talks about this in one of his books. Um, maybe we'll, sh- we'll link it to the show yeah, notes at the end. But Andy Crouch has uh, a book where he talks about, I think it's his book on power actually, but he talks about work after the fall, stopped being work and became kind of labor or toil hmm. with the thorns and the thistles and, and the way that God curses, curses the ground. And so um, we very much rather than using the gifts that God has given us to enjoy Him and, and understand who we are, we abuse those gifts. And so work becomes something that's ultimately about me and about me getting ahead and about my production and about my value. And so we abuse our power, we abuse our gifts, right? We abuse everything about the physical world that we can do and use to create something. And we make it ultimately about ourselves and mm-hmm. not about God and, and the goodness of other people. And so I think that's what sin at, at the core does to our work. Hmm. Um, and that's true even if you work for a church, right? Yeah. It can be very much about you and about your production. And this is, you know, this is me. This is a story of me versus this is a story of us. Oh, yeah. Like I've know? seen myself even sideways in that in my role here at Sandals Church is when I've started thinking about me and like, well, what, like, what about me? Like, why am I not getting recognition or why am I not like getting mm. to do this thing and realizing, oh no, like I'm here to serve God and serve his church. Yeah. Like, and it's easy to forget that even when like all of your work is for the church and paid for by the church, like it's easy to even yeah. get sideways in that. Like I've seen myself do that. Yeah. So um, actually Johnny sent in a really interesting question just on work and sort of how to figure out when your workplace is unhealthy or maybe your approach to it is. So he's got a lot of context. So let's walk through this together here. He says, I'm on the verge of leaving a long time career. Every day I wake up 
unmotivated to go to work and wondering if today will be the day I turn my t- in my two weeks notice. For the past year or more, I've been challenged personally and professionally. Sometimes I've been able to find the good or the lesson in the challenge. Other times I feel like I'm being attacked and this lesson is for me to get out as this place has become unhealthy. Last week I was away at a training and it was the first week time in a really long time that I actually unplugged from quote work. I didn't open my laptop. I didn't check my work phone. I focused on the training. While it felt good to unplug, it created a stress inside of me that I was potentially prolonging work that may be be required of me. Mm-hmm. While this brewed inside of me, toward the end of the week, I began feeling like unplugging was not worth it, that I needed to end what was making me feel this way. I should be able to unplug and have a good work and life balance. Then, sitting in Pastor Fredo's sermon, I felt like it was clear. I'm not working for the right reasons. My family suffers due to my career. I'm exhausted and irritable. I'm not motivated. All things that are not typical of who I am. I've prayed. I've meditated. I've spoken to other Christians. And despite wanting to hold on to my career of 20 years, not having a backup plan, I really feel like God is pushing me to end this chapter of my life and trust in him that he will provide. I know the grass is not always greener on the other side, but I feel like continuing in this relationship is no longer healthy for me. I guess what I'd like to know is how to discern between what God has asked me to do and what I want to do. Wow. Yeah, that's man. a First of all, Johnny, thank you for opening up and, yeah. and and walking us through that, man. 20 years in the same place. Yeah, that's a that's that's quite a career. Mm-hmm. So the question, what what is I would like to know how to discern between what God is asking me to do versus what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes those things aren't necessarily different. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we do have a there is a risk in overthinking God's will for our lives, mm-hmm. as opposed to just like, man, what what am I good at? Um, what am I passionate about? And and what have other people kind of uh, spoken into my life saying, yeah, this is something that you should do. Mm-hmm. You know, so that I kind of use those three Ps. What am I passionate about? Um, is there possibility for this to happen? And then what have people said specifically about it? And so mm-hmm. as you're looking into your next chapter, maybe kind of use those three levels as a way to figure out, you know, what what's next for you. Um, but it, it seems like, you know, there's been some things that have happened in your family. As you said, your family suffered due to this career. It would be good to maybe address some of those, th- those mm-hmm. things and figure out, okay, what, what does a path look like where I can prevent these things from happening again in my family? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I feel like those are some things Tyler and I have learned over the years um, through different jobs. You know, sometimes it's the job and the job is the problem. But sometimes, you know, we've learned, you know, for Tyler, he's like, sometimes I have to figure out what disconnecting from work looks like. And I love, like, he kind of mentions that in here, like, he unplugs for a little bit, but then it actually just overwhelms him even more. Mm. And we've had to learn those rhythms of what does it look like to to actually disconnect from work and just trust it's going to be okay? Because I love, you said in your sermon, you know, if we're available what is it? If we can work from anywhere, we can never rest anywhere. Uh, yeah. You said it a lot better than that. Yeah. But like, I even wonder too, like what, because if you're not able to unplug and have that feeling in this job and you carry that into the next one, the problem's not going to go away with the workplace. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's got to be a shift in your, in your own, like Sabbath is a, is a disposition, right? It's a posture we take mm-hmm. before anything else. And so your, your posture needs to change with God's help um, as you approach any kind of work. You know, maybe not just what you've been doing for the last 20 years, but even your your new job and your future job. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you got to embrace the fact that things will not fall apart mm-hmm. if you stop what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. they just they just won't, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, well, I've even learned, like, sometimes you have to work a little harder, I feel like, to actually be able to unplug and be free. Yeah. So maybe that means doing a little more work on the front end to make sure that all the things are tied off. People know what who to ask if you're not available and kind of do some of that. Sometimes I feel like in my laziness, I create more work for myself because I'm like, oh, Mm, I'll just go. And then if they ask me, I'll just check my email here and there. I'll kind of check on that when an extra hour or two of work on the front end to like 
button everything up, actually get things done and hand it off and finished well for the, at least for the week. Nothing's ever really finished. I feel like, yeah. um, that frees me up to actually rest, but it takes more work to rest. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. I wish I would have even covered that a little bit more in the sermon over the weekend is the point of laziness, you know, Mm -hmm. whether you're overworking or you're just, you're underperforming, Mm -hmm. right? There's a kind of restlessness for both groups of people that, that you encounter, you know, but also Johnny, I'd say to you, um, don't don't think that uh, God will value one type of work over another. Like, mm-hmm. for example, He doesn't value pastors over police officers, mm-hmm. or you know, people who work for a church versus you know, cleaning someone's house or or whatever it is that you do. All work is valuable to God. All work is charged with with dignity and and worth. And so, um, even if you like look through the scriptures, when Solomon builds the temple, he hires people who are not from Israel. Like the woodsmen, the people who bring in gold, the the ones who are uh, transporting really important resources to build the very house of God, they're they're not believers of God, mm-hmm. right? But they're very good at what they do, and because of that, um, God values that, right? And so God values all work. And so as you try to make your decision, you know, if you do kind of turn the page and start in the next chapter, um, don't fall into thinking like, oh, this isn't really God's work. Or God doesn't care about this kind of work. Like mm-hmm. He absolutely does. So. Oh yeah, that's such a good point. Um, on the topic of work and ministry, actually, Amber wrote in and said, what do I do when I experience burnout in the ministry of serving others? Oh man, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop. And maybe, you know, evaluate, evaluate mm-hmm. the motives. Like mm-hmm. why, why am I making the decision to serve them in this way? And for this amount of time, mm-hmm. um, yeah, cause, cause serving, serving others should come from a place of fullness. Like yeah. we're able to give out to others what we ourselves possess. And so if you're experiencing burnout and serving others, like maybe you need to reconnect with the one who serves you ultimately, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus is the one who is uh, serving us. He came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life. And so as we experience our savior as the one who serves us in that way, we're able to then turn to others and, and do the same. So, oh yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, not, yeah. Relying on yourself. Cause I feel like what can happen is, you know, we, we know that we're called by God to serve. And so we just start doing that. But then we start doing that as our connection with God. And I feel like mm. then I've like, I've seen, I'm just like, oh, I've seen myself do this too. Like, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're, you know, a few months, years down the road of, well, no, I'm just doing this because that's what God asked me to do. But the last time I actually connected with God is so long ago because, you know, you're doing, you're doing ministry, you're serving others, which is a beautiful thing. But yeah. if you disconnect from why you're called to do that in the first place, yeah, yeah. you will get there. Yeah, I would encourage you to check out John 15 on a, on abiding in Christ and, and what it looks like to be connected to Him and understand that everything we do flows out of our connection to Him mm-hmm. and, yeah, and begin that journey there. Yeah. And yeah, if you haven't gone through our series called You Yet and you haven't looked in the Enneagram, you might look into the message on the two, especially, mm, yeah. um, which, you know, that's the loving person, the helpful person. Um, you may have a lot of that in you to where you help and help and help, but don't realize that you're starting to now have expectations of others to help you, but don't know how to state those. So, and even see where you can ask others to help you too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Burnout is, man, that, that that's probably what the main reason why a few years ago, Ashley and I recognized we, we need to find like a time to rest, mm-hmm. you know, cause Sunday is not our rest day. Yeah, even no. for my wife, she doesn't get paid by the church, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but she's with me at almost every service. She's talking with people. She's meeting with people. And so we needed to find another day. So rest for us starts on Thursday night, mm-hmm. and then we go to about Friday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so no emails, no text messages, even though they come in, because mm-hmm. <laughs> other people are not necessarily resting on that day. Um, but we just completely 
disconnect from our work in that way. Um, we're intentional with uh, our time with our kids. Uh, we try to be intentional with the time, you know, for each other. Um, it doesn't always happen, but we we try to make Thursday night maybe a date night if we can and line someone up. But um, yeah, so you got to pick a particular time. I, I know on, on on the services, I wasn't maybe as clear at, at every message about, you know, it being a 24-hour period. I think mm-hmm. a 24-hour period is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's so new to you, maybe maybe start start with less, you know, yeah. choose a half day. But the, the point is that you do stop and, and, and do something else that is not related to your actual work. Yeah. So when you guys started getting close to that, realizing we're like getting close to burnout or maybe not full burnout, but realizing like, Oh, we're, we're a little off in rest. What were some of the kind of warning signs, signs that were starting to go? Yeah. Off? I always talked about work. Mm. Like we'd be out and I'm just talking about work. Or I'm talking about people. Or I'm talking about this new project or something that's coming up. I noticed even this when I was teaching, right? We'd be out on a date and I'm talking about my students or I'm mm-hmm. talking about things like it just invaded every part of of who I was. And Ashley started to notice, man, you get excited about like your work victories, which is great, but mm-hmm. like it's starting to kind of consume you, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I wasn't, I wasn't caring about work, you know, life at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really comes down to an integrity thing. Like you're something or you're someone different in your work than you are at home, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because your work is rewarding you in a different kind of way. Um, and so, yeah, that, those were those were some of the signs. And then not finding like joy in the process either. Like when the work week would restart, you're like, man, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't want to go back to this, you know, like very much a sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of feeling depleted in my time with God. And so Sabbath is an opportunity to kind of expand and emphasize those moments of prayer and reading scripture or slowing down a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so much, so much of our everyday life, especially here in America, is driven by bigger, better, faster, doing it now, getting it done. And Sabbath, like, is this sign that just says, "Slow down, like, stop for a second, breathe, exhale, do, do, do the 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 little things, mm. um, and, and see how much fullness kind of comes out of some of those things." So, yeah, those are some of the signs. Yeah. How about you? What were some of the signs that you've seen over the years? Oh gosh, um, I well. Like I have a lot of one of me. So like I get real mean, like I start getting real snippy mm. about things and like everything gets so much more overwhelming, which yeah. like things that normally like I could handle say like, oh, that's frustrating, but you know, we'll deal with it. Like everything just starts to pile up. And if one, like if there's always like the one more thing that happens and then like I blow up, everything's awful. We have to quit everything. Like, <laughs> so I feel like I just like slowly get more and more irritable because I won't realize it over time or I'll think like, no, like I'm resting. Like, you know, I took a day off, but like, yeah, I'll notice it just start building up and building up. And then I sort of start letting things. Cause I actually, I, I had a super like high demand job when I first came out of college, I worked in public relations and they talk about like that. And I think lawyers or doctors is like the number one, like burnout careers. Mm. Like, cause it's one of those things, like you have clients who expect you to be available for them all of the time, do all of their things. Who knows when something's going to go like blow up that you're going to have to address. And I remember I just, I was probably like a year or two out of college and this is like back when Palm Pilots were a thing. Like (laughs) some of the first phones that had email, like this is pre iPhone. And I remember like getting one of those and being like so excited to like have my work email on my phone because I was going to be so important. Um, And I quickly, quickly learned like if I was going to survive in that field, I had to have a day where I just shut it down Mm. and you just don't answer me or I just don't answer you. And like, you will not get stuff from me this like 24 hour period or whatever that time was. That's the only way I survived. And so thankfully I've carried that in to a lot of things. But then when I start 
getting kind of burnout and like doing too much, I just sort of let that start bleeding. And I'm like, well, I'll just again, like, oh, if I like, I just need to go home now. I just want to be done now. Like, so I'll check that email tomorrow. Like I'll check for that tomorrow. I'll wrap this thing up on Saturday. I'll just, I'll just check in on that really quick. And I sort of let things bleed in because I just, I get to the end of a workday. I'm like, I just want to be done. I don't want to try to do one more thing so that I can be off tomorrow. I'll just do it tomorrow. Yeah. But then it starts bleeding in and I, I go a little crazy. Yeah. So. Oh man, that's so good. Yeah. I noticed, but, man, ap- apathy would be another one. Like I just would s- just stop caring altogether. Mm-hmm. So I'm home, obviously, like I'm physically around my family, but I just totally disconnected. Mm-hmm. Don't care. I'm just sifting through my phone. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I said on the weekend, like scrolling in my sheets, like that's, <laughs> that's what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just totally unaware. And then as a high nine, I could be very passive passive aggressive as well. <laughs> I, I know that life. That is So uh, like those kind of digs come out. I'm like, oh man, this, I am not healthy right now. Like mm-hmm. something is really, really wrong with me. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so a question I have that like I've been wondering, you know, I'm a new parent, obviously we have a, Ruth is 10 months old now already, which is wild. Uh, but man. what, what can Sabbath rest look like for parents of young children? Cause there's, there's a good chunk of age there where you can't tell them, Hey, it's, it's Sunday or it's the Sabbath. Like yeah. we're, I'm not taking care of you right now, yeah. you know, Feed yourself. Yeah. So what, it, what have you learned? What have you and Ashley kind of figured out for what does Sabbath rest look like when you have small children? Gosh. Yeah. So there, there have been um, times where I try to just free her up and like, let her go. Even if it means like leave the house, go do something that you want to do, get your hair done or your nails done or, um, yeah, like I, I cause that, it's a hard question. Like her mm-hmm. day never, never shuts off right mm-hmm. until the kids are asleep. But mm-hmm. then by then time, like she's exhausted too. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about, and we haven't done this to perfection, but we've talked about allowing her just to like leave and go do something or I'll take the kids and leave and go do something. And she mm-hmm. kind of can just have some, some peace and shalom <laughs> in the house for once. But uh, yeah, it definitely needs to take some kind of form in which you you change up your rhythm too. Like mm-hmm. if you're the one who's always feeding them, changing them, clothing them, like that needs to stop. Like that's mm-hmm. part of your regular work, you know? So someone else needs to come in and be invited to take that responsibility for you. <laughs> you know, preferably the spouse or a, a family friend or someone comes in and does that part for you so that you can disconnect from that for at least a day or a good portion of the day. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a journey for us too, yeah. trying to figure out what that looks like. We were literally laying in bed last night and she's like, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, yeah. me too, honey. That's yeah, hard. We yeah. got to do it together. Yeah. But what is your like typical like family Sabbath look like? Like, what do those days look like for you guys? Yeah. So Eli's in school now every day, which is a new thing for us. So just getting into school on time is a victory. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we, we get up, we, uh, we'll do some breakfast at the table, um, we'll, we'll chit chat, and then we'll get him to school. And then we just come home and we just sit there. Like mm. we just, Friday morning, we're just sitting there, we're, we're chatting. Hopefully Ella is occupied with <laughs> a toy or something or something like Moana. She's big on Moana right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, we just kind of sit there and let the day come to us. And then we we even verbalize to each other, like, man, we're, we're doing nothing right now. This is nice. We're, mm. we're slowing down, you know? And it actually, it, it gets us excited. We're smiling because we know what's coming. We know that there is work right around the corner for us. And so... Um, yeah, it's not just doing nothing, but being okay with doing nothing or, hmm. or very little, you know, yeah. um, with the weather changing, we love going outside in our backyard and, and just playing around. So a lot of, a lot of just play recreation, uh, some additional time, you know, being able to sit and read and pray. Cause there's nothing that's demanding our attention right away. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's usually what it is. Spending time with some, some friends too. We mm-hmm. try to make that a day where we maybe do that too. So 
yeah, that's what it usually looks like. That's cool. I feel like it's like so approachable because I feel like otherwise people can think like, okay, well, I have to like do these things. Like you can almost then like turn trying to rest into work Mm -hmm. again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially for, oh man, like you could, you could fill your Sabbath up with like church, churchy responsibilities. And Mm -hmm. that's like, that's not the point either. Yeah. You know, Um, you got to be able to. Yeah, you got to be able to stop. So, mm-hmm. yeah. well, one of the things I've even learned too that's helped us is again, like the whole idea of like doing a little like extra work the day before. So, like Saturdays, like if, like when I'm not working on a Sunday, like on Sundays, our Sabbath usually, um, like doing extra work on Saturday, like getting all the laundry done, like d- cleaning up the house and everything. Cause I like Tyler can rest anywhere and he can like chill out. <laughs> I'm like psycho about like if it's not clean and like cleaned up in our house i'm not at ease like yeah. we've like gone to war over that many times i'm like can we just can we just clean everything he's like can you just sit down and rest for like five minutes yeah, yeah. um but like i can't rest until everything's clean so even spending time on saturday like let's get the house clean let's like tidy everything up so then sunday morning to come mm. out and realize like okay everything's done mm-hmm. we can just relax now like yeah and yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Sometimes if Ash and I are on top of it, we'll make sure to get like groceries done in mm-hmm. advance. Yeah, we'll we'll clean, I'll do dishes, right? Mm-hmm. So that we wake up and like, man, things are settled, they're in they're in their place. Everything has a home in our home, <laughs> right? And it, it does, it helps, it prepares the moment for like mm-hmm. now we're entering into this time of rest. So yeah. uh, one, one author and, and writer on this, uh, Pete Scazzaro, he's got a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. He talks about him and his wife, they, they'll light a candle in their house as like a sign. Hmm. We are now in Sabbath and we're not going to do things. And so, yeah, that involves, you know, obviously I got to pick up my kid from school on Friday. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I can't Ella's just say in the some name point of there. rest, yeah. like Eli, you can walk home, but... <laughs> I got to go get him. So there are some basic things that you do just out of life necessity, which are Mm -hmm. fine. um, So long as that they don't like totally overwhelm your opportunity just to enjoy breathing and sitting still and all those things. So, yeah, I remember that in like the very like early months with Ruth, I think we, we must've done a sermon on rest or something. And I remember like sitting there thinking, this is impossible. Like I could never (laughs) do that. Like we're going to have to, and like, it's just neat to see like, oh yeah, like you can get to the point of learning how to Sabbath with tiny humans in the house. Mm -hmm. It looks different. Like we're still like, still going to do nap time with her and all that stuff. But like, and then to make a point to like stop and rest when she rests because yeah. babies still nap all the time. But yeah, it's hard and it's easy. I feel like it's one of those things it's easy to like set up a bunch of excuses of like, well, like I have to do this. So I might as well do this. Yeah. Because when you think about it, we're so good. Like when we plan for a vacation, you know, we're in spring. So summer's right around the corner. When you plan for your vacation, you talk about your finances. All right, we need to save up for this. Mm-hmm. You talk about like going shopping beforehand or cleaning the house or mm-hmm. arranging a babysitter if you're not taking the kids, right? Like we do all of these things to prepare for our vacations. We need to do those same things to prepare for rest, you mm-hmm. know, which means talking about it maybe the week before. Okay, what are we going to do on our day where we rest? What are we going to do um, to, to get things done beforehand? You know, so I love that you talk about like getting things done, you know, mm-hmm. work an extra hour the day before to tidy those things up, get everything lined up. And then that way, when the day comes like, man, you're just yeah. enjoying it. So, yeah, I know they're like, one of the things that, you know, the gospels go about that and Jesus gets accused of breaking the Sabbath. Are there specific things still that like as followers of Jesus now that like we do and don't do on the Sabbath or what is like obeying the Sabbath even look like now? Yeah. You know? So I would say it, it begins with trust in Jesus and his finished work. So that's mm-hmm. like the first step to obeying the fourth commandment is he, he is our, uh, our full rest. Um, those who have rested from their labors, Hebrews 4 says, have entered into rest and rest as God did. And so we embrace him by faith as the one who will finish the work for us. And then we express that faith, I think, by stopping and changing our rhythms up at least once a week. 
Um, and then maybe even interject that into our days as well with time with him, um, stillness before him, reading, hearing from him, right? All of those things I think are signs that our faith in fact is is genuine. And so to obey the fourth commandment is to trust in Jesus first and foremost, to repent of your sins and turn to him by faith. And then I think to express that in the practical things that you do in your life um, and to invite other people into that as well. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it's interesting in the New Testament, there's so much conversation, especially directed at Jesus about what you should not be doing mm-hmm. that I think they kind of abuse it. They, they almost kind of take it too far. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you go to Israel today, there are some things that you'll see them do on their Sabbath that you're like, wow, that's that's a little over the top. Right? Like when I was there a number <laughs> yeah. of years ago in 2010, the elevators stop at every floor. Oh yeah, I think <laughs> so Pastor Matt's talked about that. On so the that you don't have to too. push the button. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, like I'm okay to push the button, yeah. you know, but... Yeah, so I think I think um, the New Testament, man, maybe is intentionally quiet on the do's and don'ts of Sabbath, hmm. so that you're forced to work it out with God, and you're forced to work it out with the, the people of God, you know, His community, hmm. to have them help you and to have them talk, you know, with you through it. So, because some of those things are interpretive questions, like, oh, so what should I do? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Yeah, you know, like wor- work it out, think about it. Um, yeah, I think that's part of the the process of growing as a believer. And growing with God's people is trying to investigate these things on our own, you know? Mm -hmm. Obviously, we would love the cut and dry answer. Oh, yes. Just tell me what I shouldn't do. Am I allowed to wash this dish on Sunday or not? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, I'd say there there are particular things in necessity that you need to free yourself to do even when you rest. And then there's other things. And you know in your conscience, they're telling you Mm -hmm. like, I shouldn't do this. Then Mm -hmm. don't do it, you know? Yeah. Well, cool. Well, that's all we've got for questions from today. People are resting from seeing those questions. But thank you so much, Fredo, for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back with uh, Pastor Matt next week as we continue 10 Reasons Everyone Needs God. We're actually getting really close to wrapping this up, which is crazy because it's been going super fast. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys have questions from this weekend's sermon or other stuff for Pastor Matt, we'd love to get those on the show. You can always send those in at debrief.show. That's our website. It's not .com. It's just debrief.show. We're fancy around here. Uh, we would love to get your questions on the show. We'll show throw some things in the show notes. Oh, I think I'm supposed to give a shout out to your Gatorade Michael Jordan shoes. Oh, yeah. Show. I'm wearing the shoes. <laughs> That uh, they're Air Jordan shoes that were designed after the Gatorade commercial that I sung during the sermon. Yeah. That no one else knew, obviously. I did. Bad I had reference. No idea. You had no idea? <laughs> no. Want to be like Mike? Like Mike? Yep. I think Got marketing right hits now. us differently, probably. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so if you guys want to check those out, we'll put all that in the show notes as well as some of the books that uh, Fredo mentioned. But thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next week. See you guys.